And it's Dan and James talking about the Villa games. Hi there, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the AVFC Faithful Podcast. Joined, as always, by Dan and James talking about the Villa games, as you might have just heard. And, uh, well, much to everyone's, well, not everyone's surprise, <clears throat> me, uh, but a draw away at Anfield, a goal draw as well, not goalless, because Unai Emery's allergic to them. But not yeah. just that, a, a brilliant performance, eh, James? It was, particularly the first half. It was it was amazing. Like We, we had them penned in at, at, at times in the first half and we were just playing, playing them much better football. I don't think they could... I don't think they could handle our high line and the compressed midfield and how we how we pressed them. It was just amazing. It's like it was a sign of how far we've come under Emery. Like this this team just looks insanely different and incredibly able to to push for European spots. And you know we've put ourselves in we've put it in our own hands now. And I think that's the sort of performance before before next well this Sunday now. Before that game, that's sort of performance that you want to put in, you know, a game of two halves where you dominate the half and then you also show that you're solid apart from one really good piece of play from Liverpool. So, I mean, it was a it was a really good game, I thought, and I'm sure there's going to be other things that we'll get into about the game. But in terms of their performance, yeah, I was so happy with it. Yeah, I was chatting to my brother-in-law while we were watching it and I was just saying never... In my life, have you ever felt confident watching a Villa team like that? Like, even during the 10-game winning streak, I think I've mentioned it a couple of times now, you felt like it's it's probably coming here, isn't it? This is probably where it ends. It, like, on Saturday, I was just like, they were attacking, I was like, it'd be fine. But every time they attacked, he'd go, the wall, it's the wall. How are they getting yeah. past the wall? And I was like, you've got a point, to be fair, because it felt like every attack, I was like, they're getting through. And obviously they did, but... You know, it, it was one of those goals where it felt like the sentimentality around it shone through. It, it was bound yeah. to happen anyway, weren't it? But I, that's the thing that struck me highest was, whilst I do think we were quite smooth in attacking, it, it, it was just the defensive resilience of them all. And I mean, Tyro Mings, what a man. Like, what absolute man mountain at all times. I mean, yeah. I'm not even going to bother entertaining the, the, the yellow card. Uh, but, yeah. you know, literally everything he came up towards was out, clearance, heading out, some good passes out from the back as well. He just looked so secure. I think he made one, like, misplaced pass, and even then he's right back into it. Like, I just, yeah. I'm running out of adjectives to describe the man. He, he looked like he was in the opposition's head, like he knew that what they were about to do before they were doing it, the amount of interceptions. I'm sure it was over five interceptions that he had, and it was just the ball would be going into the box and he'd either chest it down or he'd take it out. And it just, yeah. it wasn't one of those where he's just completely clearing the ball. Like he takes it under, like under control and it's just the, the upturn in form. And I don't even think he was that bad under Gerard. I think he was part of a team that was obviously really low on confidence and told, well, do what you can with the ball, which is, so we won't even get into that. But in, in this team where the team is a solid unit and it has instructions as well as freedom, he's just, he's become the player that, the majority of us know that he is. And it, it, he's been well-deserved of that contract that he was given since Emery's came in. And I think that was... It gives me the same vibes as what Forrest did with Steve Cooper. And it's like, you, you, yeah. you know that he's capable, but a, a boost will help him, considering the start of the season that he had where he was stripped of his armband. Giving that contract, like, renewal, when you're already in good form, is only going to make you 
perform better and feel better. So I think it was another masterstroke. And that back line just looked comfortable um, in the game, I think. Uh, they faced different challenges throughout the game, but they just looked happy. And, and playing out from the back, they didn't they didn't shirk the responsibility. Within the first minute, they were playing under pressure out in the corners. And it was like, yeah, you'll come at us, but we're fine with that. That's what we want you to do. And it was just, it's just still refreshing to see us play that way. Yeah, it's strange. I mean, for a defence that had its uh, both full-backs changed out, you wouldn't have thought that both Dean and Cash hadn't played together or in that back four for as long as they had. Like, outrageously smooth in the way they both played as well, which is something we're probably not quite used to saying. I mean, we're used to saying about Ashley Young and Alex Moreno, and then I saw them both come in. I thought, you know, if it wasn't Unai Emery, you'd go, oh, changing both full-backs away at Anfield. But as soon as you know it's in Miami, you go, obviously. I mean, yeah. obviously he's doing that. Who wouldn't think to do that? I thought I thought they both played amazingly as well. And and Cash's pace, we mentioned it, didn't we, before? Saying yeah. We thought Cash would be coming back in for the pace. And it was well worked as well. And I think it was only towards the end of the second half where he started getting beat. And again, that's probably bound to happen. But you could get beat at that time where we sort of dropped into the back six that we do. Yeah. Having Kamara drop into those pockets and stuff was, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I just, it was so hard to describe. And I mean, there's uh, one tweet that's floating around today. You've probably seen it about, I think it was uh, Allcott mentioned about who's the best free signing ever. I mean, I'm not going to go and say he's the best ever, although he probably is, but Bubakar Kamara. He's not there for us. I, yeah, mean, for a, I mean, for us, I, I don't actually know any better, but there might be some that were before my time or, I'm not aware was a free. I just was, uh, was Mika Richards a free. No, no. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, for let's what it cost me that. in in years on my life. No, it wasn't. Free. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is mental that we got Kamara for a free. I know that we paid the money in in his salary and sign on fee. But what sort of price could, could you get for him? It, it's it's mental how yeah. good he, he he and Louise are and. Uh, talking about James Alcott as well, his video earlier, he was talking about the the Villa Liverpool game, mm. and he was saying how Douglas Louise is possibly the best midfielder outside the top six, and I think he gets into the top six teams. He, like, yeah, even as even as a squad option at City, he's he's got the ability. Whether he dislodges anyone in the first eleven, I'm I'm not sure about that, obviously, but ability wise, he's incredible. Which he was just having a team, don't he? I mean, yeah, he, honestly, if, if Liverpool had him, I I think it'd be a, a different sort of game for them. He, he, he's got the legs that they lack. He's got the technical ability to suit them, and he's just he's got the flair. He, and even pressing high like he was, he was he, like hounding their defence when he were recycling the the ball. And I mean, the cross for the goal is delicious because it was compared, obviously, to the Trezeguet goal, oh. but. Elmo's cross came from so much deeper, so yeah. theoretically it's easier because you've got the the ability to hit a bit more on it. Whereas he had to plant that in a perfect area. Louise didn't plant we, it. He did. Like, we've seen that from from him before. To be fair, that half space cross he's really good at. And when you've got someone that can lurk at the back post like like JJ and what a finish it was, and yeah. the celebration topped it off even more. It was just a really lovely goal all round, and <clears throat> it was a shame that. You know, we we couldn't get another through the game, and we 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 carried on playing that way as well. And the, there's the clip going around on Twitter of the the McGinn chance, the fo- the football that we played yeah. there from midfield was just 
that is something that we used to see Liverpool do to us regularly for years, and it's Definitely. like to do that at Anfield is is really nice. There was composure and ability in abundance, and it was just a performance to make you proud. I I, I predicted we'd lose two one, and I said it'd be one of those performances where I thought their ability had just outweigh airs and we'd be proud of what we did. And he's even better than that. We we held him out, and yeah, it set us up perfectly for the for the weekend. And I'm I'm sure that you're gonna discuss your <laughs> prediction there. Yeah, well, I mean, it's only because I've got this weird stigma about going against us because I feel like I would feel like I'd have to rub it in if I predicted us to lose, and we did, and that feels wrong automatically. If we'd have lost two one, you wouldn't go. I was right, but I would, yeah. and that's a weird thing about me. But no, it, I think the only. The only grievance we could really take from that entire game was was the penalty miss. And I mean, even then, yeah, I'll reference back to it. I was watching my brother-in-law said, as soon as he kissed the ball, it wasn't going in. And it's this weird thing. I'm starting to, more people I've talked to have said, gone, you just don't kiss the ball at nil-nil. So that's what I'm blaming it on. It's nothing uh, to do with Watkins. I think it's a psychological, psychological thing, isn't it? It's like, I don't know. Just, I'm probably just reading way too much into it, but you know, obviously the whole psychological thing in sport, it, it feels to me when people do that, that they're trying to get more on the side of luck than their ability to do yeah. it. And, and you know, it, the stone-cold penalty takers just gather themselves, put the ball down. They don't care what's going on around them and they just focus. Ollie's not a penalty taker and I've always no. been worried about that. And, you know, I'm a big fan of him and he's, he's the right man in this team. I think all that he needs right now, because obviously he's done a bit of a, a goal rate considering how he was doing previously. I think you just need something different around him now because yeah. when he's left alone up there, it, you, you can't do much with that. So, it, yeah, I think the penalty miss was disappointing, but I thought he had a really good game, you know. Because yeah. He had to he had to feast on barely anything and some of the, the balls that he took down, for, like long balls that he took down, was really good. And all around, we know what his game's like. I just think... We haven't got him into the same positions as what we were before, but there've been different games that we've been playing, yeah, and much different. What what has happened is people focusing on him has opened up the avenues for our other players now, and it's going to be the natural cycle of that, isn't it? You, when you don't have a Harland or, or a physical striker like that way that you can just put balls on the head all the time, you've got to find different ways to go around it. So, yeah, it was a disappointing miss, but it it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah, you mentioned it then. There was a couple of times where he took the ball down and was fouled and wasn't brought up on or played it off well. And I just thought a couple of people have said that's not really his game. And you've started to see it a lot more this year because there's a lot more that he can actually play it off to. It wasn't really how he was being played under um, Gerard, sort of like a hold up nine almost. It, it, he sort of just left to run the channels and make what he can out for himself with his moments of magic. So it, it, it it's great to see because he hasn't. You you look at him and you think, well, that's not your hold up particular hold up shot. That's like like Duran, for example, a lot taller, a lot built, a bit more. But Watkins has got it in him, and it's sort of like the nous of how he goes down as well. Sometimes, I think on a different game, he he gets brought up a lot on on the fouls that were committed against him. Just you know, one of those things that don't really go against your way on against the. The, the, I'll call them the media six more so than the big six now because, uh, I mean, Brighton are in the big six now, really, aren't they? So, well, just look at that top seven. We've, yeah. You've got Chelsea at the languishing bottom half of the table and Spurs that are a point, point below us. And, yep. you know, you've got Brighton in, in sixth, us in seventh, and you've got Newcastle up there in third. I think they're third, aren't they? 
Yeah, well, tonight yeah. they definitely will be after they beat Leicester. Well, yeah, that, that Leicester lineup is horrible. But <laughs> anyway. Still love yeah, you, Dino. We still love you. It, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. But the the big six being disrupted is is nice. And I know obviously there's the whole stigma around Newcastle because of everything off the pitch. But if we're purely talking football, what they've done on the pitch this season has been yeah. amazing. Same with Brighton, but they're in a... I think the reason they're viewed so well, obviously, is because of how they run things. That They are probably nigh on perfect in what they do. It, mm. It's really refreshing to see. And But then, you know, when you look at us, we were so far down the table and we just looked like we had no hope when Emery come in. And I thought when he come in, you know, our aim was get top half. Get top half, that'd be fantastic. And even that might have been a struggle for us when he first came in. And then... We just hit the ground running and didn't stop. And, you know, we've had a couple of bumps in the road, but it feels like we've learned from them each time. Like Definitely. like the the United and Wolves games, two different sort of games, and they had fine margins. And then we had Spurs and Liverpool after it, and we, we learned their lesson, and we've gained four points out of those two matches. It's it's it, Emery's bread and butter, you know. Yeah. Any setback is a, is a positive lesson for him, and any win was positive preparation so you know it's everything feels like it's heading the right way and we've got a a massive game on Sunday and it this just feel like promotion season all over again that the sort of run that we've been on finishing on such a big game something so big at stake it's just I don't know I, I, I've got it in my head that we are we are winning on Sunday and I know that it's going to be so tough and even with Brighton wrapping things up it, they won't want to, you know, just roll over because no, no, I, I know that, does. no, that I know that pl- that teams do tend to not, you know, give as much in 50-50s or something maybe, but they still go about the game wanting to win. Yeah, and they're a really good side, so we have to come out the blocks so quick on Sunday. I am with all the talk around the atmosphere this season. I'm positive that it's going to be just flying in there on Sunday and. Mm. If I could say anything to the stadium or like anyone on match day organising, just let the fans make the atmosphere. Yeah. You don't need your music. You know, you could play the the, the Villa video with David Bradley in it and, and oh, you know. Yeah. But keep it minimal. Let the atmosphere make itself. Get the banners out. Get the flags out. You know, just have a great day because this is huge. You know, <laughs> it would be amazing. It would be, I would be so proud see us and as I've said before like I would be disappointed but not too disappointed if we missed out considering what we've what we've where we've come from this season but it is in our own hands now so get the job done yeah well the state of affairs at the moment are I mean pretty much everyone's going to know this now uh three points behind Brighton barring a ridiculous goal margin swing that is nearly (laughs) impossible basically depends on Man City, for some reason, trying to batter them 9-0 and then us battering them as well. That's the only way you could ever see Europa League spring. So, I I, I mean, basically, winning in. Winning in is no matter what. Yeah. I mean, of course, Leeds could beat Spurs and it doesn't matter what we do unless Brighton have a, a wild one against Man City again. It is, it is just winning in. That's all I care about. I mean, there has been talk of people turning their nose up at the competition. I mean... I've never seen. I, I I know. I've never seen my team play in Europe. I don't care who they play, where they play, when they play. They're playing in Europe. That's all I care about. 
winning in that it's like the best way it could have been you mentioned it at the start for it to be in your own hands last game of the season at home you could not ask for more and it's literally exactly how Emery said he wanted it he wanted to be going into Brighton with something to play for and it not to be a null game like you said it's going to be it is going to be tough I like a lot of people are saying you know Brighton will be on the beach they may rotate they may try a different lineup just to get some other people some minutes and for them to sort of see you know sort of like a like a cup game almost but professional footballers want to win they, they'll always want to win managers want to win they'll want to have a, a better points tally even now than they've got so it, all that matters is that is that Villa turn up because if we turn up and the fans turn up, we will beat them. Like you know, if we do it against Newcastle, we do it against Spurs. We can do it against them. It just it just got to turn up. We just and like we can get into it a little bit, but obviously we've been dampened a little bit with injury news. Obviously Moreno going down. <coughs> what was it like five five or so minutes into into the game when he got subbed on? Uh, even that. Yeah, you know, making what was a, an amazing block because I thought it was nigh on following onto Van Dyke's foot, but it didn't. And somehow he, uh, and obviously Carlos missed the game. Uh, we even named eight subs on the bench as well. Uh, that was a small injury they called it, didn't they? But they weren't yeah. sure. Uh, I think. I mean, it's his Instagram story, so I don't want to pay too much attention because it's not club news. But Douglas Lewis has put up an Instagram story, guys, of a sick emoji. So <laughs> yeah. it doesn't help. Um, so not not the best injury news we can have, but as long as Dean's fit, you back the boys anyway, don't you? Like it, it's this strange system where Kamara, Lucas Reeves may go, but McGinn just drops back into that hole. Kamara's there, and you still feel confident. Oh, I think you could put Sinisalo at left back, and I'd feel confident in what Emery's doing. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just we we we've, we've got. Short in options, but whatever he does seems to work more often than not. And like, as you say, Luca Dean, if he's ready, that's perfect. Um, you know, I've got to give him his due because whether he's here next season or not, it, it depends. I, I I think that those two left backs are really good to have around. But does Dean want to be for a first team player? And you know, you never know. But for two options that we've got. Really nice, and I think they improved his his worth to the squad. Yeah, against Liverpool, he looked like he had a really good game. Um, especially collecting the, those diagonals from from Emmy and then playing into midfield, it looked like it was just a routine that they'd, they'd done all week on the training pitch. And he, he had a good game, I thought, and defensively as well. I thought he was he was pretty good. Um, so, so yeah, I think whatever we have to pick from on Sunday, I just feel that we'll get the job done. I feel like. These players look like they really want it more than I've seen Villa players want it before. It, this, this is starting to eclipse the the ten game winning run and promotion for me, just because I think in the context of the competition that you're in, yeah, and where we where we come from earlier in the season and how you know the, the the squad is a little thin. It just feels like if we manage this on Sunday, it just eclipses it. And I never thought I'd say that, especially so soon. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, we look. I'm looking forward to the game on Sunday. I've got all the nerves and all the excitement, but it's it's a huge day. It really is. I and I, you know, I've got to say it now. I am lucky enough to be able to be going. I mean, it, it, like it, the second it got confirmed that I was there on Sunday, I've just sat there thought, 
wow like i'm actually the the chance because i mean i was there throughout every single home game i traveled up for relegation season it sort of feels like vindication it's sort of yeah. like this is why i watched you know the fifth <laughs> goal go in against liverpool before i just turned my back on the whole thing and you know walking down the street and hearing the sixth go in like knowing that after Jolie Lescott tweets his car, why is it like less than ten years later? We, you know, we're pushing for Europe and we could be fighting in a, in what is dubbed still a major European competition. So uh, it, it is outrageous, and we keep harping on about it. It sounds a bit like a broken record, but from where we were as well, from who we had and the feeling around the club, we had a whole segment at the start of the season where we both talked about a disconnect between the fans and the club and how it felt like a growing rift. You just don't have that now. Just, every, it's such a feel-good atmosphere. It's amazing how the football changes things, how yeah. just the style of play, the manager, the way the manager approaches the game, the players and how they look, not just physically, but how they look when they play. It, it's, you know, it's it, it just adapts the whole club. And, it, it, I mean, it's unhealthy, but it's amazing how much football dictates our lives, really, isn't it? And, it is just look just looking on to Sunday you know it's just it's an opportunity for a lot of us who haven't had this opportunity to book to back the boys for something really big like mm-hmm. we, we backed them through promotion back to the Premier League some people have backed the boys you know f- through top half pushes and stuff like that but uh, there's gonna be a lot of people around my age who just haven't had this chance and haven't had the opportunity to see the team just properly compete at the highest levels and just you couldn't ask for more. You really couldn't. Yeah, and <clears throat> obviously, I understand the part of the reason why. Well, I, I don't, but I can see where people are coming from with the whole <laughs> Europa Conference League. Uh, but it's it's a cup. We all say we want to win a cup, and you know that's something else that we can't forget next season. Like if we do get Europe, we've also got the League Cup and the FA Cup to deal with as well. So that makes the transfer window, you know, really really critical that we get it right because we want to compete on all fronts and as far as we can I'm not saying that we're going to go and win the quadruple which we might but still <laughs> I'm just I just mean you you want to be competitive at, at all levels and yeah Europe is Europe for me and the same way that people look at the FA Cup as a ticket into Europe or the League Cup even well the, the Europe, Europe Conference is a ticket into the Europa League if you win yeah. it and it's not as easy as what some might think it is. You know, there's going to be some good teams in the Europa Conference League next season, mm. by the look. But you look at West Ham, who've had a struggling season in the Prem, and they've not not cruised through, but you know they, they don't they haven't been troubled too much through. And yeah. it's just one of those, isn't it? If you if you won it, you've won a you've won a cup, and you, you've you're stepping up another level again. It's can't see why anyone would turn the nose up at it. Whatever extra pull it has on players I have no idea but the point is the Prem and Emery alone are a massive pull for the club and we know the ambition of the owners and we know the the finances of the owners and next season just feels like it's going to be really fun with or without Europe to be honest and I hope that we do have Europe but if not I'd back us to do well in one of the other cups so yeah Sunday's a just feels Everything's set up, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but it just the weather looks cracking. We know what the atmosphere is going to be like. We've really built ourselves up here, and we've got a, a squad that are capable of it. And yeah, just enjoy it. I think enjoy the build up to Sunday more than anything right now because 
whatever happens will happen. But this is exciting. So football's always about moments and enjoy this moment. Magical moments, so. eh? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it just links back. I had to get it out because that's what I was looking away for is uh, James Rushton tweet saying that I couldn't agree with more. And it's just requoting the three things that people say the squad ain't ready, never will be. Too soon, the only time is now. And disrupts next season, big club problem for a big club. And like I said, West Ham fans don't care where they finish the season if they've got Europa League next year. And they won't. That is just how it is. So, like, you know... I, he, he mentions it there, and it's something that a lot of people don't mention, apart from you just then. It's a ladder, and, you know, you win it. Not saying we would, but if you win it, Europa League, you win that. Champions League. So it's not all defined. It doesn't define your entire life just because you go to a competition that's got a lesser standing than than the Europa League. I mean, fairly certain, you know, people, people had a bad look on the Europa League until the Conference League came out, and now people think the Europa League's a high-level competition. It's just comparison to a lot of people. And I mean, there'll be comments and, and there'll be, you know, there'll be worries thrown around because we're Villa fans and we have to be worried. But <laughs> this is like, this is the time now for us to just sit back and enjoy it all. And yeah. for us to sit back and go, oh, so there's actually a chance that next year I can get my passport out and, you know, chuck on the claret and blue top and travel around the world and watch the Villa again, which is something we haven't been able to say for nearly 20 years. So it's it's absolutely outrageous and I know we've got another game to go but you then get excited about the summer and you then get excited about all the amazing guests that the AVFC Faithful Podcast are going to have on and you get excited about all the content from the AVFC it's just, it's, it is like it's just a great time you just don't want to stop talking about Villa you don't want to stop watching stuff about Villa looking at James's 10 tweet threads or you know looking at Literally anything that any Aston Villa content creator is producing, it's just great. I I spend too much of my life looking at Villa stuff now, and it makes me happy for it. Rather than yeah. at the start of this season, where I was going, oh, a Stephen Gerrard interview I have to listen to because I have to talk about it and what he says and why he says that Chelsea should be wiping the floor with us. <laughs> yeah, I'm over it though. But I guess we should we should talk about Brighton. I mean, we should talk about the actual game that's going to happen, not just what might happen. I mean, <coughs> there's not much more that we can say that hasn't already been said about Brighton. But uh, a tough last game is is not really cutting it to describe it, really, is it, James? No, they are a, a really good side. It's funny though, isn't it? Really, because like I look at them and I think, what a really really well coached team. But we've also seen them get torn apart five one yeah. by Everton and four one by Newcastle. It's it's really strange, and I, I don't know what that is, because I, I think I think maybe they, they worked out sometimes, or maybe their play style doesn't suit certain opposition. But in general, watching them is just really exciting. I think, and yeah. they will put on a, a they will give us a good test, and have to be on top of our game. You know, their wingers and, and midfielders can can give us a real good problem to to, to face, and it's. Yeah, it is nerve-wracking in a sense, you know. And and that's testament to Brighton because a few years ago when we were playing him in the Championship, I just thought, like Brighton. Yeah. But now you, you look and you think, that's a tough test. And, and fair play to them, how they how they run that shop, shop ship, whatever it is. Both and, of them and, get ran. Yeah, they, what, whatever they're doing. Whether, uh, there's a lot of talk, will, will they drop off and will it work forever? It's like... Well, it's working there, and yeah. and why wouldn't they carry on doing it? And they've achieved something that they've they've not achieved before in their history. So fair play to them, and you know, I, the, 
I wish that we were in their position in the table, but you know, we've we've had a a different but incredible season still and I think it's probably a really perfect game to finish the season with like when you're looking at Europe, I think these two clubs facing each other. If we both if we finish seventh and they've got sixth, then brilliant. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, but yeah. That's right. Um, just overcome with emotion, I understand. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't hold it in. But um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's brilliant to see the top six get disrupted by, well, top seven by different clubs. And I'm just really excited for the game. Yeah. I bless you, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? I, I'm, I'm more, I was way more nervous playing Brighton this whole time than Liverpool anyway. Because Liverpool always feels like a weird, like, isolation game. Like, it's all about the day. I don't care how Liverpool have been performing before they play us. It just seems like we have a weird game against them always. There's always something that happens and a controversial this or that or Jurgen Klopp's done something or said something. Or cried about something. <laughs> what? Not him. No. 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 Um, hey, 16 minutes added time, though. Uh, in all seriousness, though, like it, it, it's a game where it's annoying because you spend all, I spent all my all this season going I love watching Brighton Brighton are amazing they're great and I'm like hey Brighton don't like them we batter them you know oh Matoma who McAllister <laughs> who dunk said <laughs> basketball you know it's like it's sort, it's sort of how I've been going about it and now I'm you know it, it is one of those situations where both teams had a very odd start to the season and both teams, well, Brian didn't really even turn it around. They just carried on being great. And they probably used... got better actually after yeah. Butler. Yeah, but it's it's almost as if the Zebri came kind of came in and went, <coughs> I like what you're doing, but let's just put my little twist on it, but don't change how you're actually playing the style because it's near enough the same as I want you to play anyway. So it, 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 we're both teams that managed to change our managers halfway through the season and not falter, you know, and like some other clubs. Oh, yeah. Chelsea, eh? Um, yeah. So I, I'm i going to go out there and I am going to say that uh, the atmosphere backs it and we win 4-1. God, that'd be special. 2-0 um, for me. 2-0 Villa. And Even think, more special though, I think. You know what would be perfect for me? I, I know that the, the whole Ashley Young scoring to, to seal it would be great, but for me... We could win 2 0 with McGinn and Ming scoring. Oh. The two promotion boys, Jesus Christ, I'd probably cry myself to sleep with happiness. Like, I, I just want something special and a winner clean sheet in Europe in the bag would be what an end to the season that'd be. And, you know, as you say, I'm backing it. The, the, the atmosphere will carry us home. And, yeah, yeah I think a party atmosphere afterwards would be, be amazing to see. I've only got, I, I don't know why I feel full when I just feel like it's one of those games where if, if Brighton did rotate, for example, say it doesn't really matter what happens at Man City, but say if somehow they get like a draw at Man City this week, they're definitely just not going to really, I'd say not, not, uh, they're going to change things enough so that players get the game time they want and they can see how he wants. And I mean, there is a different. Th- fight between the team that wants to win and a team that is desperately fighting for something. I know I can play against you sometimes, but it just feels like this team's going to be a bit feral on Sunday and Brighton yeah. are going to be like, whoa, we're not we're not really here for that summer's here, like, guys. Like, like when we played Newcastle. Yes, exactly like that. That's exactly how I see it going. But I just feel that 
Brighton have that opportunity where there's a bit more of a hole where we can sort of attack more so than we could with Newcastle because for as bad as Newcastle where they still had the back line of sort of the solidity we didn't we're not used to seeing them have so yeah yeah I've got I've gone for it and I do I do think we're going to see uh, a McGinn goal to be the fourth that's that's sort of what's in my head uh, but that's only because he just seems to be popping up all the time now ever since that yeah. Chelsea goal he won't seem to go away which I love but he won't yeah. So I've just, I've got the feeling I I do I do feel like what uh, Watkins is going to score again, uh, and I I'm gonna have to say it, I just think Duran's going to come on and score. I just we'll, do. We'll, we'll manifest it. He will score at some point when we when we've said it. Well, if we're both there on Saturday, we'll just be the two screaming his name the whole game. <laughs> maybe that's what he's missing. I will try and find tickets if I can. But maybe you should just come and stand outside the stadium anyway and just listen. Yeah, I'll go and stand up by Aston Manor and just like watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go. Up, I'll Skype you or something, and I'll, I'll show you. <laughs> Just kidding. That's definitely against the rules. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Well, look, we didn't even have to go on to about you know terrible referees and Jurgen Klopp crying, and it's great, isn't it? It's just just a great time to be a Villa fan, and you know we're going into the last game of the season, so I wanted to end on on just saying you know thank you to everyone uh, through Spotify and all the way through the push onto YouTube as well because the support's been so so good like we we were aware starting this halfway through a season on youtube with so many other great podcasts love paul mcgrath claret and blue so many great villa podcasts around that you know the new boys on the block of uh have come in not you know not not been angry just been just been happy to be here and we're loving it and yeah you know that you guys have been great and so uh so thankful for for all the support and i mean we're not going anywhere so don't worry yeah, about that just getting started. It has been a uh, has been nice to see us slowly grow, and you know we just we're here to do what we love doing, which is talking about the villa, and we we will just have a it will be um, an interesting summer, seeing how things unfold, and we'll be here discussing that, and then next season, you know, it's going to be fun, and I'm really excited for it. We just can't wait. It's great. So, as always, obviously, if you are one of the new guys around here, do make sure to uh, to hit like on the video, uh, smash the subscribe button and tap my bell uh, <laughs> as well. And uh, obviously, until next time, make sure everyone go in there as well. Just belt the shit out of every Villa song you know. Yeah. Uh, throw as many ticker tape and banners and wave as many flags as you've got. I don't know what will be there. Just do absolutely everything because... Get At the very up. least, it, it, we can't sit back and then go, oh, well, if the atmosphere was better, nope, that bit could be sealed off. And I've got every faith in the world that that atmosphere is going to be amazing. So, you know, lovely weather, get the shorts on, beers flowing, and as always, at the villa. At the villa. Jürgen Klopp, you're a pussy.